0: I am haunted by waters. That's the last line of Norman Maclean's 1976 novella, A River Runs Through It, a semi-autobiographical account of his own childhood, much of which young Norman spent fly fishing with his brother Paul on the Blackfoot River near their home in Missoula, Montana. Haunted by waters is a great image of the relationship of holy baptism to our daily life. The word haunted may evoke in us thoughts of specters popping out from behind corners and terrifying people at Halloween, but there is no reason that Halloween ghosts should have a monopoly on the word haunted. In today's scripture reading, A spirit from God sweeps over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit, or Holy Ghost in King James English, comes upon the baptized disciples in Ephesus and descends on Jesus at his baptism. That spirit, the Holy Spirit, is one that we want haunting us, staying with us, filling us and popping out when least expected. (laughs) There's nothing scary about the Holy Spirit's haunting. The Holy Spirit is, after all, God's gift to us in baptism. As we learned last week, it is a pledge collateral of the inheritance that is ours as adopted children of God. But it is by no means a passive pledge. The Holy Spirit gets in among us, changes us, and causes us to grow. It takes the holy moment of baptism into the rest of our lives and pervades what we might otherwise think of the mundane, everyday details of our lives with significance. Shakespeare's Macbeth captures in desperate, dispirited terms the parched landscape of human life through which no baptismal waters flow saying tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time and all our yesterdays have lighted fools the dusty way the way to dusty death out out brief candle life is but a walking shadow a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Now many of us, even baptized people, have felt like that before. The good news is that baptism is more than a feeling. And the Holy Spirit haunts us with the good news that there is more to life than either we or Macbeth imagine. The Holy Spirit makes ordinary things extraordinary, temporal things eternal, and mortal things immortal. The Holy Spirit takes water, ordinary water, fills it with promise, and makes it a mark of membership in God's family. Now, our cynical tendency is to say, that's really just pretend. That's what we want to believe so that we don't get depressed. The Holy Spirit reveals our cynicism for the disease it is and asks a good question of its own. So how would you know? When did you become the arbiter of reality? Is sunshine pretend because it's warm and light and beautiful and too good to be true? Or because we can't bottle it? Is love pretend because we can't diagram it? When did naturalism or materialism or positivism have a corner on the truth? It asks... Now we don't talk about spirits very much in our culture, our society, which is a great way, not talking about them, it's a great way to get overtaken by evil ones. If we don't believe in pride, lust, apathy, greed, or envy, then they have the run of the place. We need haunting by God's Holy Spirit remind us that we belong to God and have no business entertaining the con men, liars, and charlatans of the spiritual world in our hearts, hands, or minds. The Holy Spirit given to us in baptism reminds us that baptism is a daily reality, permeating what we think and feel and do. What does that mean concretely? The Holy Spirit reminds us that as God's children, we need not live in fear. Fear of change, fear of honesty, fear of spirits, or fear of death. For neither these nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Holy Spirit keeps us resisting the sin and evil that surround us. It keeps the light of Christ shining within us into our dark, shining within us into our dark, confused, and desperate world. It keeps telling us the truth that salvation does not come merely through education, but requires redemption. The Holy Spirit reminds us that we don't have to do what we may want to do. It also helps us order and strengthen our desires, reflecting God's free, imprudent, ardent love for us. The Holy Spirit reminds us that people matter, that we should invest time and energy and treasure in them that people are not the only creatures that matter. The Holy Spirit gives us hope and courage to start something good in difficult circumstances when we don't know if it will succeed or if we will live to see that success. Acts 19 verse 2 includes one of my favorite phrases from the mouths of the Ephesian disciples we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. You know, that is just too genuine and unexpectedly unorthodox to be made up and put into Scripture. God works in situations and in people who do not recognize him, who do not understand him fully, and who frankly would like to keep their distance from him. Thanks be to God that he does, because that describes us. I'm encouraged that the practice of baptism in the New Testament is neither uniform nor perfect. It means that there's hope for us, too. We don't have to wait until we have all the answers. That we can do our homework as well as we can, test our ideas in fellowship of other Christians, commend ourselves to God in prayer, and step forward, ready to be corrected, improved, informed, and otherwise built up, but not stymied or paralyzed, waiting for the perfect moment or the perfect answer to every question. Staying practical, that means that we can tell people what we believe without pretending that we have all the answers, or never feel afraid, or are perfect Christian. We're none of those things. God works through our mess, our messy past, present, and future, to accomplish his purposes. Apart from God's great love for us, that is inexplicable that he would get mixed up with the likes of us. Contrary to popular portrayals, the God revealed in the Bible is not so much a wise old man as an ardent young lover who has got the Holy Spirit properly up his nose. Throwing caution to the wind, he saw us fall into the cesspool of sin and he jumped in right after us. After we had punched him in the nose and kicked him in the teeth, he pulled us out of that mire and immersed us in the cleansing waters of baptism. When we were dead in sin, he resuscitated us with his Holy Spirit and gave us a new life. And he continues to do that daily as Martin Luther described in his large catechism, to be sunk under the water and drawn out again signify the power and the operation of baptism, which is nothing else than putting to death the old Adam and after that the resurrection of the new man, both of which must take place in us all our lives. So that a truly Christian life is nothing else than a daily baptism, once begun and ever to be continued. For this must be practiced without ceasing, that we ever keep purging away whatever is of the old Adam, and that that which belongs to the new man come forth. Holy baptism is both a means and an end. It equips us and, send us and sends us out in hope. It makes our lives worth living and it empowers us to serve others. It is also the place to which we return. The end, bruised and bloodied by the vagaries of our fallen world, to be comforted cleansed and embraced by God as his beloved children. Baptized into Christ, we are haunted by the Holy Spirit and permeated by the water of holy baptism. For these good gifts, thanks be to God.